Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 133 of Life Radio. I'm here with B-Dubs, my beautiful wife, Carol, and Mr. Kyle Pauly. I haven't seen Kyle in like a month. How's it going? Well, you haven't seen me in a, in a long time. Well, but... that's true. That's true. <laughs> you haven't heard my beautiful voice in a couple months. It has or been. a month or so. Yeah, it's been about four weeks, I think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. I've been welcome uh, back. Yeah, I've been recovering in the um, the WWE help program. <laughs> it's a it's a rehab where if you've been exposed to too much WWE, you can kind of detox from the uh, <laughs> the whole company. So it was nice. Uh, it, it, was, it was a it was a spa. Um, <laughs> there were about twenty people there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all over fifty. So that was interesting. Oh. <laughs> They might be losing that demographic pretty soon, but oh my god! We had a nice time. There was mimosas. Uh, it was a mm-hmm. buffet in the morning. It's great. I thought I thought the mimosas were at uh, the AEW, or is this the WWE recovery? So well, you they took them. They took them from the pool that Jericho was in. So uh, <laughs> it's part of the process. It is. Uh, what is mimosa? Orange juice. What is it? Champagne, and uh, this special blend with Chris Jericho's sweat, <laughs> <laughs> which Orange Cassidy drank, by the way. Yeah, Ugh. Le sweat, the champ, the champion sweat, whatever. I don't know. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's do a quick this day in wrestling history, and then we'll get into Clash of Champions. Because if there was a show to come back to after your WWE detox, this might have just been it. Maybe it was good. <laughs> it it was a good show. Yeah, and that's right. I am saying that a WWE show was good. So you know it was good. But this day in wrestling history, twenty two years ago today. Stone Cold Steve Austin beat up Vince McMahon with a bedpan. He did. Now, here's the thing. As I say that, my beautiful wife darts her eyes up to me like, what in the world are you talking about? Oh, my that Lord. She like, hasn't seen this. Nope. That sounds like something we'd make fun of, right? But but how great was it? It it's was like, so good. It's like the greatest segment in wrestling history. Yeah. it's Legit. It is exceptional. It's also the same show where Mick Foley tried to cheer up Vince McMahon with a sock. Yeah, like the whole the whole thing is just amazing. It it, it needs to be watched. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll put that on our best and worst and okay. let you watch that. Okay, because <laughs> it is it's exceptional. This was like prime. Just twenty two years ago, so it's ninety eight. So it is prime Stone Cold Steve Austin when he's at his hottest. And of course, Mick Foley is a big deal back then. He's got Mister Sacco on his hand trying to cheer up Mister Man. It's it's just good. It's just really good. There's a, uh, this man is laying in the bed with a, a broken leg from the result of Stone Cold Steve Austin. And, uh, there's a nurse in there checking on him and she says, uh, something like, how about you doctor? And there's like a giant doctor in the room. Like <laughs> the scrubs are like covering a giant person, like the biggest <laughs> doctor you've ever seen. Just the swollest back. And, uh, <laughs> and Stone Cold's gravelly voice is, I'll take it from here, nurse. Like it's, <laughs> and then he proceeds to turn around and kill Vince McMahon. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. It was hilarious. And it was a, such a good segment. There's a, a bedpan involved. There's a catheter. Oh. oh, there is a catheter. I forgot. Oh God. Oh no. Oh no, it's no. great. <laughs> it was. It was good though. It really was. So let's move into Clash of Champions, now that we've talked about bedpans and catheters for the last two minutes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. 
I'm actually really excited to talk about this Clash of Champions. I'm really excited to get uh, Kyle's grade because uh, Micah and I made a bet on the Clash of Champions preview show of what you would grade it. So, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I don't listen to the show, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Thanks for your support. So, yeah, we'll. Well, we'll it's part of the program. It. They wouldn't let us have. They wouldn't let us have access to uh, any wrestling <laughs> podcast while we're there. No, so. no WWE related stuff. No. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Let's, let's talk about the pre-show briefly. Uh, Shinsuke and Cesaro beat Lucha House Party, as they should. <laughs> Big surprise. Uh, They've only been beating them on TV for like the past... The past uh, months. Yeah, basically. But the past two weeks, Shinsuke and Cesaro beat them in singles matches, and now they get a tag title match. Like, it's very WWE booking. The booking was terrible, but the match was pretty good. There was one spot yeah. where... Um, one of the lucha guys, I don't remember which one. I don't want to. I don't want to make a mistake. But he leaps outside, and Cesaro catches him. So he's trying to do tornado DDT. Cesaro catches him. He picks him up, and the other lucha suicide dives into the lucha's legs, and then he gets the tornado DDT on Cesaro. And it was just a really cool spot. And then, of course, the finisher being the Cesaro swing into the Kinshasa is always cool. Um, this match was very good. It was TV good, but it was still good. Uh, but it was a pre-show. So what do you want? I enjoyed it. It was nice. Yeah. Uh, Lucha House Party are good wrestlers. But they're yes. in, in WWE, so... Yeah, this is what happens. That's what Cesaro was for like a year. He didn't win a single match. That's so. true. Yeah. Um, Intercontinental Championship match opened the show. Jeff Hardy versus Sami Zayn versus sure AJ Styles. Uh, this is the match that I think I was probably looking forward to the most. Um, maybe Reigns do so, but I don't know. I have to go back and listen to the previous show to see. But this this was not a WWE ladder match. This subverted expectations because there were so many ridiculous spots in this match that just bluntly doesn't belong in WWE. And I, I mean that as a compliment. <laughs> it was It was really exceptional. Like, it's something that you would see... In AEW or New Japan or on the Indies, it was just something to this specific ladder match that made it a lot more special than the 19 other ladder matches we've seen from WWE this year. So, honey, tell me what you what you thought of it and what were you expecting going into it? Um, not a lot. Yeah. So it was a very pleasant surprise. It was a very nice opening to mm-hmm. the show. It was a lot of fun. It the ending was great. Yeah. I. Okay, so ladder matches, and I always give ladder matches a hard time, especially WWE ladder matches, because it's nobody's in a hurry right. to get up that ladder. Like they get on the ladder and they like at, suddenly they're exhausted, and so they can barely lift their feet to get to the next rung. Yeah, or you know, it just it's always take like some urgency is needed. Right. Um. So there was a lot of that, the usual, and I was you know, but um, there was a lot of fun stuff happening, but the ending was not expected it i in my opinion it wasn't stupid right um it was it was good yeah i enjoyed it yeah so basically what happened in the ending is Sami Zayn takes out a couple of handcuffs let's let's say this before we get there jeff hardy is still insane he's 40 something years old Mm -hmm. he gets tossed into an upside down ladder and it closes on him like an alligator chomping onto a man he does a swanton from one of those gigantic friggin' ladders onto Sami Zayn, who's on a ladder. Just absolutely destroys him. And then at the end of the match, Sami Zayn grabs a handcuff, puts one on a ladder, and puts the other one through Jeff Hardy's 
ear. <laughs> Jeff Hardy's ear has gotten several spots <laughs> in the last couple of years. And uh, I don't know. I'm about to start calling it a spot monkey. <laughs> One of my buddies on Twitter said, if Jeff loses an ear, I'm never watching wrestling again. Yeah. <laughs> but Sammy's great. So he gets back in the ring with AJ and they're fighting. He's going to do the same thing to AJ, you know, tie him up to the rope. But AJ is too smart. So he gets one handcuff on AJ. AJ reverses it into a suplex. But as Sammy is getting up, Sammy is Harry Houdini. He's got a smirk on his face as AJ now is handcuffed to Sammy Zayn. So now you have a man outside the ring with handcuffs through his ear attached to a, to a chair. Or, I'm sorry, to a ladder. And the other one, the two men are attached to each other. So how are they going to climb the ladder? Well, they're beating each other up. AJ destroys Sammy, as he should. He picks him up on his shoulders, but Jeff Hardy is now back in the ring. He has picked up this little ladder, and he is doing his best not to remove his earlobe from the rest of his body. And he starts attacking AJ with the ladder. And AJ's like trying to swat him away. Well, while he's doing this, Sammy Zayn's a genius. He pulls the key out of his pocket. Out of he, his teeth. Out of his teeth, excuse me. He's got it in his mouth. Um, unhooks himself. His face pocket. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Locks, locks AJ onto the ladder. AJ had already knocked Jeff down. And Sammy goes and climbs and grabs both Intercontinental Championship belts. I don't know why they're both there, but I don't care because the match was good and I got over it real quick. They were just, not only was this, it was really fun. It was very entertaining. It was very engaging. It was very different. It escalated. It told a very good story. I mean, my gosh. WWE is the biggest company, biggest wrestling company in the world, and this is what they should consistently deliver. And they did it twice tonight. And just, I absolutely loved everything about this. This is one of my favorite my ladder matches I have ever seen. And let me say, as an AEW mark, blew away the Casino Battle Royal ladder match thing that we had on whatever two pay per views ago. This was incredible. It was absolutely spectacular. I loved all of it. Yeah, and um, I mean, it really shouldn't be that big of a surprise that this was as amazing as it was. Like I, I got, after the fact, I, you know, all, obviously all these guys are great, but yeah. then you get to thinking about it, and you're like, well, Jeff Hardy's obviously synonymous with ladder matches. He's been involved in like a million of them, so you know he was going to do something crazy and try to kill himself. Right. Yeah, Sami Zayn, who. Uh, wasn't directly a part of, but uh, he, he knows El Generico very well. And uh, yes. he had a great ladder match with Kevin Steen back in the day. So uh, Sammy has, you know, some exposure to that type of match. So, I mean, he has that. And then we have AJ, who I guess isn't known for ladder matches, but he's known for Ultimate X, which is just about yeah. as crazy it's as any ladder thing. match. So, yeah, yeah it, it shouldn't be a surprise that these three guys involved in a ladder match would be awesome. Yeah. So it was. Yes, it was spectacular. Speaking of old TNA videos, uh, my good buddy Russell Life Hill Chris just brought me about half a dozen TNA DVDs, so I'm very happy about that. They had TNA DVDs and people bought them? I guess. <laughs> okay. It's good stuff. Best of the Exhibition, best Must of the be pre-Russo. I would say so. Yeah, yeah. this is from like 2008. This is when we were watching it. Gotcha. So it's good, good TNA. Uh, after this, R-Truth lost the There's a lot of good TNA, but... Right. R-Tooth lost a 24-7 title to Drew Gulak, who was backstage in his gear doing lunges, even though he wasn't on the show. Uh, need I remind you, Drew Gulak 
basically had the door open to his freedom and he slammed it shut and signed a new contract. And Correct, because he was getting those one-on-one matches with Daniel Bryan and things were looking up. That's what happened to Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. And now he's doing lunges backstage. Yes. And getting beaten by a man with a wig on. Yes. Oh, man. Uh, Oscar versus Lena Vega. Yes. <sighs> so. Uh, go, go ahead. <laughs> this was fine. It was a good match. The problem that is. ending, though, man. Well, yeah. But at the same time, like, I couldn't get in this match at all. Because, I mean, even the announcers were talking about how there's no, like, tape of Selena wrestling. Because right. she never wrestles. Because she's a small manager lady. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. And she, like you're you're supposed to believe that she can go in there and dethrone the great Oscar, and she, like Oscar's selling for her the whole time. Uh, I I just could not get into this match. Like it was fine. I, I, obviously, it was not a bad match, and Selena did good. But like just the whole idea behind it, I could especially because I was frustrated that Mickey. Had such a great match with Asuka, and then got, she got screwed over by the referee. And then they had like a story there that they could probably tell. Like the referee thought right. she was injured. She she comes back and she could have a great match with Asuka. Not only that, but I think I pointed out to you guys. Like I saw that, and I was like, Mickey is, you know, obviously her best years are behind her in the ring, but I mean, she's still a great wrestler. She's a very yeah. attractive woman. She's a mother, and she could have had. The longest, greatest WWE women's career. And like, she wouldn't have missed a step in the ring because she hasn't over the past, you know, however long years she's been in there. And look how WWE treats her. Right. And so she comes out there after the, you know, loss to Asuka. She goes against Selena and just gets to be clean in the middle by this manager lady. So I just have like disdain for this match going into it. So I I just could not get into it. it. It It was fine. There's nothing wrong with it, but yeah, just silly. What do you think, honey? Um, I, I, I like the match. The there's no story here, in my opinion. I mean, I, if there was, it's not well done. And it's just like, like I said, Zelina never wrestles, so why is she on a pay per view? Like, it's there yeah. should have been some lead up to it. I know this wasn't the plan, but it just it was very strange. So it was weird, but I really enjoyed the match like i feel like she worked really hard and yeah. at no point do i believe that they're going to you know have her win but um which kind of take can take it out some of the some of the steam out of watching yeah. it but it was still very enjoyable and the ending was great again yeah. so then it was really cool there was a spot where uh zelina vega was doing this like back back spring pin on oscar and then she just got tossed forward into an oscar lock so I I kind of graded Clash of Champions in a bubble because if I complain about the writing in WWE, which I often do, it, it's never going to get a, nothing is ever going to get a good grade because <laughs> they don't consistently write long-term booking. They just go, okay, this is what's happening this week. So the lead up to this was really stupid, but the match itself was I'd say better much better than expected. I thought it was really solid. It was really cool because Zelina Vega, who had no chance to beat Asuka, was really trying to focus on a body part. So she's focusing on her arms, putting in a couple different arm bars. It was just, I thought it was a really well-booked match, really well put together. So I enjoyed it. 
it would be better if she was like a seasoned wrestler on the roster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, and she's very talented. Like she's always been, you know, a very talented wrestler, but she's been uh, sequestered to being a manager, which is fine. She's been great at it, but yeah. I just didn't see the need. Like it's, it's like they just rushed somebody out to go up against Oscar. When, like I said, you had a worthy challenger in Mickey James who put it also had a great match on raw there and a story built into it. And then you kind of just rushed to this one and apparently it's going to continue based on what happened after the match. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, Bobby Lassie versus Apollo Cruz was next. I think fine is a good word for this one. Mm -hmm. Uh, the match was okay. It had a satisfying ending where Apollo Cruz tapped out to the hurt lock. I guess Bobby Lashley's fourth great name name, by the way. Yeah, it's significantly better than the full Lashley. Yes. Which was the worst finisher name I've ever heard. In I think they called it the full Lashley and then corrected themselves and said, well, yeah, no, it's a hurt lock. Did. Exactly. So it was it was better than fine. This was a good match. I've just seen it so many times. Mm-hmm. And so I don't really need to see it again. I can't, like, I don't know if they're trying to get sympathy for Apollo. Like, he's not getting over. No. Uh, like, it's such a contrast of, like, when Paul Heyman was there. I mean, we're seeing it with. Apollo Crews, we're seeing it with, um, uh, what's his name? Alistair Black. I've already forgot his name. One-Eyed Alistair. Um, They were doing, I mean, this guy was, you know, having the best run in WWE. And then they just pull the rug out from under him when Paul Heyman leaves. And now he's just out here tapping out to Lashley. I don't have a problem with losing to Bobby Lashley because it's Bobby Lashley. Right. But they've like told us nothing that says Apollo Crews could ever beat Lashley. They don't ever stand a chance against him. Right. He he looks like an idiot because his, his buddy smartened up and went over to the Hurt Locker and now he's winning. And now like, like to me, the Hurt, the Hurt, uh, business. Was it hurt, hurt business. I almost said the yeah. Hurt Locker. The, <laughs> the, uh, the Hurt business, they're right. Like they should, they're, they keep trying to tell Apollo to come join them or we're going to keep killing you. Yeah. And they, they're doing it. So like Apollo, like, dude, just join them. Like, yeah, exactly. It's not going to get any better than this. So might as well have, have Ricochet be the last flippy guy standing Ricochet versus hey, he might as well join him too. Cause he's got nothing yeah. else going on. <laughs> and apparently they're the baby faces versus retribution. So you can get the best <laughs> of both worlds. Oh my gosh. That is entirely possible. But yeah, I mean, this is a fine match. Like, uh, Apollo, like press slam Bobby Lashley over his head at one point, which is awesome. Oh, it looked great. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> God, just me saying that, like, this guy's so talented. <laughs> the thing is, like, he looks small because he's next to Bobby Lashley, but Apollo Crews is a man. He's jacked. Like, he's, he's huge. Mm-hmm. And he does flips. Like, you'd think Vince McMahon, like, it's so baffling. Because, like, when they signed this guy, everybody was like, oh, man, this guy's going to be a future world champion. And, I mean, obviously he needs, like, something to his character a little bit. Uh, he could be a little better on the mic. I mean, the guy's talented in the ring. He's jacked, like he's athletic. I just, I just don't understand how Vince McMahon. It's, it, it seems like it's only because he's quote unquote short. Like right. he's not a Braun Strowman, so he can't be the champion. And it's just like I, I, I don't get it. Yeah, no, I get it. Uh, after this, we had Street Problems versus Andrade and Angel Garza. I feel like I need to go uh, get detoxed again. <laughs> this is a pretty good show, and I'm sitting here like pulling out all the negatives. Yeah. The- this mo- this was the low part. I'm, I'm relapsing. Yeah, this was this was the low point of the show. Uh, Garza got injured 
and they ha- they force the finish. There are other better ways to do it. But again, I don't want to give him too hard of a time because there was a legitimate injury on the outside of the ring. So, like, we, Carol and I were watching it together, and we missed it, right? Well, you said, oh, the ref screwed up. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, that's weird. Well, I mean, clearly, you know, this was supposed to be, you know, he was supposed to win, so he must have just done it early. Mm-hmm. And then we realized. Yeah, they showed guards on the outside. And he's kind of hopping, so we yeah. went, yeah. So we rewound it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, like, went for a knee or something? I yeah, don't exactly that's remember. really strange. And like... uh, he must have hyperextended something. So they haven't really had any news uh, come out except for the fact that it's not serious, which is good. They uh, thought it was a quad is... injury to start with. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if, hopefully it is not that. Uh, I think right. they've since said it's not. So that's good. But, um, yeah. Like this is another instance where uh, it was it was a good match. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of the Street Profits, uh, and the, the whole Angel and Andrade story is just kind of weird, especially with like now they're out there saying they don't even need Selena. It's just kind of I don't know where they're going with it. But they just came to blows the week before. Yeah, it's it's strange. It's like we said. It all my complaints tonight about the booking. Like the matches are not poorly worked, and, and right. they're, they're getting time unlike they do on Raw. So that's great, but. Um, the booking just doesn't make as much sense, but I did have a legitimate problem with this match. And I talked to Matt a little bit when it happened. Um, I, I just, so we had Matt Hardy and, uh, and Sammy Guevara. Now this was like a serious injury. Like the man fell off of a, what was it? A forklift or a, like a cherry picker a thing. Lift. Yeah. Yeah. And landed on his head smacked against the concrete on like this giant drop. And he was knocked out for like a minute, almost like way too long to be knocked out. And right. he, you know, got checked on and all this and that match should have been stopped. And, you know, I'm sure you guys have talked about it a ton and not, you know, all this. Yeah. This. So basically what happened is we, we have, a, you know, like you said, we have a good match going on. Garza goes for a knee and, you know, injures himself. He rolls outside the ring, but we, we can't really see it. So, Andrade's basically isolated by the Street Profits and they're, they're running wild on him. And Dawkins hits, I believe, a, it wasn't his spine, it might have been Spine Buster. Or, yeah, it's it's like a. It was like his chokeslam thing. Yeah, the chokeslam Batista bomb type thing. Right. And uh, so he goes for the pin. And it was, I mean, a carbon copy of what happened with uh, Ivar, like, what was it, a week ago? Yeah. And, and like, that's another thing that frustrated, frustrated me about it is like, you think they would come up with like a different procedure for something like this? Because in my eyes, this is different from the Matt Hardy situation. Like I'm not saying that we should continue matches if people get hurt, but it seems like the referee just, he he gets like, Hey, this guy's hurt. And he gets the green light to just count three. He doesn't say anything to Angelo Dawkins. Doesn't say anything to Andrade because they hit the move. He goes to pin Andrade. Andrade kicks out way before two and a half like it's clearly two count yeah and the ref just keeps counting and they ring the bell and dawkins gets up he's pissed andrade doesn't know what's going on the the announcers don't they don't know what's going on they're like hey these guys have a gripe that, that wasn't a three count like it just makes the ref look stupid it, it like it makes no no sense at all and then we see angel on the outside like getting tended to it's like just Put the cameras on him. Say, oh my, like, say, Angel's injured. The referees are already attending to him. It's not like they, like, he's in the ring and they have to stop everything. Like, he's already on the outside. 
He's away right. from the action. Just let these professional wrestlers do their job and say, hey, guys, Garza's hurt. Let's take it home. And even give him a little time if you have to. Like, right. they can do it. They're, the three men in the ring are not injured. Like, obviously, like, get this man the help he needs. But there's three other men in this match who could finish the match and make it make sense. And I was yeah. telling you, they could have easily said, you know, Andrade could get angry after he's got double deemed to lose. Obviously, Garza's hurt. And, you know, he might be out for an extended time, but you could easily write that Andrade comes out the next night on Raw and blames Garza for them losing. And that causes them right. to split. It causes a rift. And then you got a program for when he comes back and you can turn him into babyface. Like, they, I mean, it writes itself, literally. Yeah. And they, didn't, they don't do anything like that. They just end the match, make everybody look stupid, piss off Dawkins. And uh, it, it was a good match, you know, for the most part leading up to this, but it just, the finish was so baffling and people are confused. They don't know what's going on. And it, I, I don't understand why there's not like a protocol of like, or at least tell the guys, Hey, don't kick out <laughs> yeah. and let them yeah. know what's going on. Cause like I said, Dawkins was not happy with this clearly. Uh, yeah. Just so confusing. And they just did this week before, before with Ivar. That was the exact same thing. So. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't want to fault them for trying to protect their workers, but I do understand that it wasn't it wasn't the best way to do it. Yeah. I get it. I just agree. I think that there were other people in the ring that, you know, they could have taken the time to finish it differently. Yeah, three professionals. And and that would have been okay. At the same like time, thirty more seconds, literally, they could have yeah. set yeah. up a double yeah. team. Like maybe Andrade goes for a tag. They just tell them to go home and let them figure it out on their own. They're they're yeah. professionals. They could they could come up with something like Andrade goes for yeah. tag. Garza's not there. The, the camera. I mean, obviously you don't want to show the guy if he's like knocked out, but I mean he's yeah. there. He's alive. It's not a you know career or life threatening injury. Like show yeah. him kind of down and be like oh like the the referees are checking on him, but they just like refuse to show him. Well, actually they showed him after the match anyway, so yeah, might yeah. as well. And then just let him go to the finish. Yeah. yeah, there's better ways to do it, and I, I just don't understand why but, they can't communicate. And it's that. almost a control issue thing. It's like, yeah. like you said, they're professionals. Let them finish the match. Just give them, the, give them the signal, and let them figure it out. But I don't think WWE is okay with that. I feel like they, they need, they need to hold the reins. They need control over yeah. what the wrestlers do, and they did that, and it didn't end well because they didn't trust them to let them do their job. Just to be fair. I think there's two reasons they did it. One, Andrade doesn't speak English very well. So communication might have been difficult. And two, you don't want to give Andrade any baby face heat for ha- trying to overcome two opponents. So like, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's a better way to do it, but I do understand the thought process. So I don't want to give him too much crap, Yeah, but I get it. There needs to be a protocol. <laughs> like, yeah. Obviously, yeah, sure. if it's a singles yeah. match and a person can't continue... Or like they are non-responsive. Like uh, it, it also happened with Mickey James. Uh, like I said earlier right. with her match with Oscar, that you know was also a very baffling ending. And she, you know it turns out she was just really good at her job because she was selling so well that the referee thought right. she was really injured. Uh, but he just didn't ask her, I guess. So like just communicate with these guys, referees. <laughs> like let them know, hey, are you hurt? Or hey, let's go home. Like these guys are pro- professional wrestlers. Uh, like. I don't know if it's because they've had a history of wrestlers in the past who just want to keep going on in the match 
And so they like refuse help or like go on longer than they need to. And so now they're just deciding we're just going to end it before anything happens. I, I don't know, but yeah, um, there's there, I think there's a better way to do it. So they, they should probably at least have a meeting and be like, all right, let's figure this thing out. Right. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think it happened at this point in the show. Honestly, I don't remember. Uh, Drew Gulak was being interviewed backstage and uh, they were talking to him about uh, his fallen comrade, Akira Tozawa, who is dead because he was eaten by a shark. Oh, God. It's a real thing that happened. Uh, then R-Truth rolled him up. One, two, three. R-Truth is now your 40-time 24-7 champion. He now has held more WWE titles than anyone in history. <laughs> Even uh, Michael Cole is bored with this. Because yeah. he says, like, <laughs> he says something like, our truth winning the universal cha- or the 24 7 championship for like the hundredth time. Yeah. And <laughs> like, it's like, uh-uh. man, we love our truth, right? Like I know our truth is one of your favorites, honey. Yeah. But how much longer can this I, go on? Yeah. I'm ready for something new. Like give him something new to do. Yes. It's, it's, I think even he's exhausting. Like give it to Gulak for like two weeks or something. Like right. let yeah. him do something. Like they give it to these guys. And, and they're like, okay, this could be, you know, interesting. Maybe able to go a different path. Like, yeah. you know, uh, at least with Tozawa having it, like, the, you know, maybe he, he could have like a meeting with his ninjas in the back and like they're, they're having a meeting of how to defend him or something. And there's like a month all thing where R-Truth tries to get to him. Like maybe he's standing there with his back turned. R-Truth tries to sneak behind him and a ninja hiding in the shadows comes and takes him out or like, there's so many different ways they could do this and at least make right. it entertaining while it's, you know, completely worthless championship, but right. it, it just, it's become our truth gets beat by somebody. He comes back and rolls him up and beats him again. Like, yeah. 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 Even the announcers don't care anymore. So yeah. no, because yeah. it doesn't have like any value, but it has even less value when it's changing hands five times in right. one show. Right. And I mean, I exaggerate, but you get it. Yeah. So, so, uh, Bailey comes out. And she says, oh, no, Nikki Cross can't can't make it. Oh, so sad. I guess I'll have an open challenge. One, two, three. Well, since no one answered, I guess I'm going to go home. Yay! And uh, we're all sitting there like, mm, I don't think that's what's going to happen. And, of course, someone's going to show up, right? Uh, and I, I firmly believe that if it was Alexa Bliss or Lacey Evans or Naomi or whoever, everyone would have been meh. I think there's one person on the entire roster that could have come in here and uh, made this interesting. That lady's Asuka. And that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they put on a very short but meaningful match. Asuka absolutely demolished Bailey uh, so much that Bailey said, eh, screw it, and attacked Asuka with a chair and uh, got disqualified. Then Sasha Banks comes in, neck brace and all, and attacks Bailey with a chair. Well, goes around, comes around, and I thought this was really solid. What'd you think, honey? Yeah, this was good. Um, so this show started out high energy and yeah. like really like, oh, all right, this is refreshing. This is great. And then like each thing kind of, kind of stepped down just a notch, and yeah. I think this is where it swung back up. Right. In my opinion. Yeah, I think that's fair. Kyle, uh, I I didn't like the finish because obviously it's I mean it was a heel thing to do for Bailey obviously so it's not a surprise and she probably would have done it. I don't know if there was a plan for Nikki Cross, but uh, I mean, obviously she was probably planning to do this anyway. I would imagine yeah. the Sasha thing was going to be planned. Uh, but I, I don't know. Like, it, I, I like that kind of that Oscar came out. I, I knew she wasn't going to win. 
Right. Uh, but it was, you know, it was interesting, like you said. Um, and I, she, she hits her with the chair and then she kind of just vanishes. So that was just kind of weird. It, it was, I mean, it's hard to criticize this because obviously Nikki Cross. COVID. Yeah, it was, yeah. you know, we don't know if she has it or she, you know, it's possible she just came in contact with somebody who was held out. They're, you know, they're obviously not saying what it is, but plans change at the last minute and this is kind of what they did. And it might not be different from what they were planning, but uh, it was fine. It happened. Yeah. This is one of those things where, like, we get so tired of screwy finishes, so it's frustrating. But this was one of the few times where it absolutely made sense. Your heel, who is your champion on one show, uh, has an open challenge and the absolute biggest opponent that she could possibly have that she did not prepare for shows up to absolutely batter the heel and the heel says, eh, screw it, grabs a chair, knocks her over the head. I, I, I love this booking. It's just WWE does these screw finishes all the time, so it gets frustrating when it happens. But this is one of those few times where it worked. I enjoyed it, and the match was good too. There's one spot where Oscar German suplexed Bailey on the outside, and I thought Bailey was just dead. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah, and uh, you, I'm sorry. Go ahead. The only thing I'll, I'll say is WWE tends to have a problem. And I don't. I'm, I mean, I guess you know, unless it's certain people, but they they can't let their baby faces like just dominate. I, I didn't like that Sasha came here. I know she's in a neck brace. But like, let her run Bailey off with a chair. Like, let Bailey get away, and like, I mean, obviously, let her get a licks in. She destroyed her with a kendo stick. But like, Bailey almost got the best of better of Sasha at one point, and like, it was almost like a back and forth thing. And it was just like, I, w- I would rather just see Sasha come in and look like you know she could just she just wanted to kill Bailey. I mean, she right. did want to, but like. I mean, I, I almost wanted to see her come out and just like run her off completely and be like, oh, this is Sasha in a neck brace. Just wait till she gets that thing off and gets her hands on Bailey. But it was fine. Well, unfortunately, uh, Bailey went through the invisible wall and Sasha just couldn't go through it. Sure. Um, and Bailey went out of the <laughs> ring and Sasha just stared at her as Bailey was like face down on the floor with her back to her. So, yes. Uh, McIntyre versus Orton. And this was a very interesting match because it was really good and really fun and really interesting, but I don't think it was very well booked. Um, In this match, immediately at the beginning, Orton takes control, and Big Show comes and chokeslams Orton to the table. Then McIntyre's in control, Orton regains control. He came out wearing a mask, by the way. Like, come on. Yeah. Uh, They go to the back (laughs) side. They go to the backstage area. Randy Orton's in control again, and then Christian comes and attacks Randy Orton. McIntyre's back in control. Well, Randy Orton's back in control again. They're on top of an ambulance now. And uh, the the worst spot in WWE history where McIntyre is hanging off of this ambulance, who's he's probably just standing on the ground outside, really. And uh, you hear the producer say, don't shoot his feet, because he might be a couple inches off the, off the ground. Hear- Yep, you heard the producers oh. all over the show. Yeah, they, they, uh, they had, it was like oh, one I camera guy who had his his mic on, and yeah. you could hear them talking. That's why you could hear Reigns and Jay so well later in the show. Oh. Um, but then Orton is standing on top of the ambulance alone, turns around, he gets super kicked in the face, and then Shawn Michaels nonchalantly tosses him off of the, just kind of like barely shoves him off the top of the ambulance. He falls into Long live the king. Yeah, it was yeah. great. Uh, falls into a crash pad. Uh, then Orton gets 
again, he gets the uh, gets the advantage. RKO's Drew on the outside, tosses him in the ambulance, but just like a horror movie, Drew McIntyre holds his hand out and stops the <laughs> stops the uh, uh, doors from closing. He claymores Randy Orton. By the way, he also claymored the ambulance door. It was great. Um, and then after claymoring Randy, he puts him in the ambulance, punts him in the head. It was the biggest whiff ever. Uh, that's not true. It was as big a whiff as Randy's from a few weeks ago. Uh, but whatever. Tosses him in the ambulance, and then we see Ric Flair drive the ambulance off. <laughs> so the, now wind all was, the, the wind was so powerful it knocked him out. Yeah, so the all the legends got their revenge on Randy Orton. Uh the sh- it was fun. It was super fun. But the problem is your big bad heel. Like McIntyre's supposed to be this unstoppable face, right? I mean, he's beat Brock Lesnar in like three minutes. Yeah. And then now it takes three other guys to help him beat Randy Orton, who he's already beat. I just I don't like the way the match was booked, but at the same time it was fun. I don't know how much they helped. I mean, they just came in, did one thing, and then they disappeared. Big sure choke like, slammed him through a table. Yeah, but it didn't have much of an effect. Obviously, obviously. not. So they didn't help much. I just think it's what I thought. Okay, so the match was fun in, in well, what of it? Okay, here's another thing that I don't enjoy. Okay. I don't enjoy. Randy Orton matches. I don't like Randy Orton. <laughs> so I don't enjoy Randy Orton there. But no, I don't like, I don't care for these slow two giants dragging each other around and yeah. heaving and sweating and, you know. They're, they're already half dead, like, a second after the match starts. Like There was no... a lot of heaving and sweating in this match. Yeah. Yes. Like, it's just, I don't know. I don't care for these. They're too slow. I get bored. And so, the, the like, the little in, like the little interspersed guys showing up was interesting. Um, Shawn Michaels had to climb down from the ambulance on a ladder. Yes, um, that was is, interesting. I just thought it was funny that they caught it. They, sh- they probably weren't supposed to catch that. Yeah. On... On film. Well, they but, also uh, they also got a they when Shawn Michaels super kicked Randy Orton, he fell off the ambulance, and then they showed us the replay of him going falling into the crash pad. <laughs> right, mm. guys, did, did you have to? Like we saw yeah. it time, it looked good. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, but it was good. Uh, and and you were kind of complaining a little bit, um, you know, about this what you're saying about how it's. Uh, how it was going and then but i thought that they kind of turned it around to turn the ending around yeah in a way that was unexpected for you yeah. so i totally thought that this was the only match on the prediction show that i got wrong i was convinced randy orton was walking away with the title and he didn't i so, thought he i thought he possibly could until big show came out and i was like he better not win this title right <laughs> exactly like, uh, how, how, how that very drew yeah so uh, it, mm-hmm. What's funny though is like in our our Facebook group, we were all talking, or at least me and Matt were talking about this show and what this was going on. Yeah. And I told Matt I really like this match, and Matt was like, "Really?" <laughs> and uh, not that it was bad, obviously uh, it was a good match. It was a fun ambulance match, but yeah, I, I agree with Matt. I, I guess I just kind of overlooked it because I mean it really didn't. Uh, it's almost like you completely ignore. You could cut out all of the run ins, and it would be the exact same. Like it, it would be better and it would really have no effect. Like it, it, I get what they were trying to do. They were trying to obviously say the ghosts of Randy Orton's past are finally catching up to him. But mm-hmm. the problem is he's fighting Drew McIntyre. Yeah. He, gets, he gets the upper hand on Drew and someone comes out and helps Drew. And then Randy Orton, the heel overcomes the odds and gets back on top of Drew. Right. So 
And that happens three separate times. Actually, yeah, three separate times. And then, I mean, I love the ending of this match because it once Shawn Michaels super kicked Orton and he came back alive and that was over with, like yeah. the ending was just awesome. I thought it was a great ambulance match. So, uh, but yeah, like the run-ins, I think there was just a better way to do it. I, I get what they're going for, but yeah, having Big Show run out and choke slam Orton and kill him for him to just come back, Christian to come in, like, they could they could try to spin it and say like well Big Show, he he didn't want to completely kill him because he wanted Drew to get his in or something like there's a way to do it but it still doesn't make Drew look good that he had the guy like you know dead basically and then let him come back and you know, almost beat him but right uh, it definitely put Orton over more than it did Drew but the ending was awesome like like you said he Claymore kicked him. Uh, well, he was actually, he was in the, the ambulance. He grabbed the door and wouldn't let it shut. He Claymore kicked Orton, punted him in the wind, knocked him out. And, uh, <laughs> okay. Carol's so excited to share something. She's like waving her hands. I know what so really happy. happened. All right, what really okay, happened? Okay, so when we're watching it, I'm like, well, the thing that's silly to me is that these guys are showing up for like a second. They do one thing and they disappear. And it's like, if you came, wouldn't you do more? Like more damage? So I think... They weren't really there. They are there. The, you, I think Kyle said like the the ghosts of his past are showing up. <laughs> there, Randy Orton's losing his mind. These are hallucinations, <laughs> and they're just mm. showing up randomly and and beating the crap out of him in his mind. And it's happening. You know when you like see those those movies where like somebody sees a ghost and they're like reacting to the ghost. Yeah, yeah. So Randy Orton just like. So McIntyre like just sees Randy Orton choke slam himself yeah. into the table, and he's all confused. Yeah, <laughs> that's what. That's happened. perfect. Yeah. I'm in. I'm buying that. Carol, I would agree with you, but uh, the only problem is they showed a replay of Shawn Michaels, so I don't think we would have <laughs> caught his replay of the figment of Randy Orton's imagination on the film. ambulance. That's true. Now, that's true. If, and, the, and, if, and a ghost wouldn't need to climb down a ladder to get off. <laughs> it would explain how he snuck up on him on top of that ambulance. It would. Yeah. <laughs> But I will say it would have worked perfectly and you would have been spot on if they had let Shawn Michaels super kick him and then shown the replay and shown Randy just falling off the top of the ambulance <laughs> in the crash pad. That would have been amazing. Exactly. Yeah. I think anything can happen in WWE because two people have now entered the Firefly Funhouse. So. A man was eaten prepared. by a shark. <laughs> and eaten by a shark. We had a yeah. tentacle monster. And also, he's coming back. I mean, he's going to show up. Yeah. Like bedraggled and, and soaking wet, like he was just in the ocean. And he's going to be like, you know, dazed because he was eaten by a shark. <laughs> but he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso. Now, there's not much more that I can say about this match other than the fact that it was just absolutely exceptional you know i've been watching wrestling for a, a really really long time and we got back in wwe gosh almost two years ago now crazy and the match was fine i mean it, it told the, the the storytelling was also exceptional the actual work was just fine roman reigns is a good worker jay uso is a good worker they obviously are cousins and they probably wrestled each other a thousand times whether on their trampoline on their bed or in the indies. But the reality of this match is Roman Reigns and Jey Uso told one of the best wrestling stories I have ever seen. 
and I know I'm prone to hyperbole, but it was just so exceptional. Roman Reigns is finally, and they go through this whole match. Jey Uso gets his heat spot. It's great. And then Roman Reigns is just beating on Jey Uso and says, I need you to call me the tribal chief. Look in the camera. This camera, this is my camera. And tell the whole world that I am the tribal chief. And Jay says, not, not today, Uso. I can't do it today. But he starts beating him down again. Charles Robinson tries to grab I'm Roman Reigns. I'm going to have a different answer. Yeah. What'd you say? That's it. Uh, he probably said, call me tomorrow morning, and uh, I'll probably have a different answer. Right, exactly. So Roman Reigns turns to Charles Robinson, is trying to pull him off, and he says, listen to me. If you stop me again, not only will I punch your teeth out, but you won't have a job tomorrow. This is my company, and I'll do what I want. So Paul Heyman tries to stop him. He's like, no, you're the tribal chief. Like, you get it? You're the tribal chief. You're my tribal chief. And Roman Reigns says, no, I don't want to hear it from you. I want to hear it from him. Points down to Jey Uso. Starts beating him again. Absolutely destroying this guy. And Jimmy, who is like, comes hobbling down with a towel. And he's like grabbing Jay's by the hand. He's like, I'm going to throw it in. And Jay's like, no, don't give him the satisfaction. Do not do this. I have to finish this. And Roman says, really, Jimmy? After all of this, after our whole lives, this is what's going to come to. And they argue for a bit more. Roman Reigns gets on top of Jay again, starts pummeling him in the head. Jay throws the towel in and leaps in himself and puts himself in between Roman and Jay. It was just so exceptional. Then Jimmy says, what? What do you want to hear? Do you want to hear the tribal chief? You are the tribal chief, Roman. Do you hear me? You're the tribal chief. Now go away. It was, oh my gosh, I loved every second of this. Now was it as good a match as anything we've seen on AEW last year? No, not at Rin Ring Work. No, it wasn't. But storyline, it was one. I'd say other than Kenny Omega and Hangman Page and the Young Bucks and that and that stuff, this is the best wrestling storyline we've had this year. And it it was just so so exceptional. I loved every bit of this. So I want to get the negatives out of the way. Okay, I do think there were some, and then I'll talk about how great this was because I okay. just. Uh, I'm right there with you, but yes, a couple things. So first off, I hate that they, I, I like the package. They played the, before the match, but I hated that they use their real names because like, I just, it, it's like a break in the fourth wall thing that I don't think is necessary. Like yeah, show, I get that. show them as kids growing up, show them their families talking. I mean, they called them Roman and Jay several times, but then they show like a card of, they call him Joe at some points. Yeah. They show the picture of him with like Joe on his neck. Like, do we, do we need that? Like, it's like they had to make it more real. And it's like, it's real enough. Like, just let them, it's, it's fine. But right. So that's one thing. Another thing, Jay kind of fell into this match. He, he won a number one contenders match, but he hasn't had like an amazing singles run that would convince us in the slightest that he had a chance to beat uh, Reigns, which probably would have helped a little bit more. But I mean, I don't, I don't think, Anybody would have believed, you know, no matter how much they were pushing him, that he was actually going to win, but it would have been nice. Uh, and there was something else. I can't oh, and also, um, I'm not sure I have faith that they're going to build off this because, my God, they could build off this. Yeah. But uh, that's that's another negative. Is Like, I, I got done watching this, and there was like a uh, – 
period where I was just like, God, this is, this could be so great, but I know it's not going to be because <laughs> it's right. WWE. Uh, but uh, oh, and also, lastly, uh, Paul Heyman, you're great. Stop saying the reigning defending. Like Heyman <laughs> can pull off so many things. I don't think anybody can pull this off. No, like, it's bad. Just say the reigning. Like yeah, it's enough. Like yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so. I agree with Matt. This match was not like blow away. Like, you know, they, they weren't doing like flips off of everything in the world. Like, you know, whatever, like it was a solid match, a solid, you know, raw, raw match. The story was they want to get Roman Reigns over as this killer bad guy, this bully that so much so that he cares so little about everybody else and about this title. He's willing to do this to his own family. Yeah. And they knocked it out of the park. Like, he was just killing this guy. He did get one near fall where he, he hit the like the famous Samoan splash. Obviously, uh, you know, the Ricky uh, or the Ricky, <laughs> Jesus, the Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Ricky Snook is another guy that we'll talk about another day. But Jimmy Superfly Snooker splash off the top rope. Uh, yeah. That so many Samoans have used. He hits that iconic splash uh, and gets a near fall. And at least I think some people failed to miss miss this because I've heard criticism saying like, I mean, it was a near fall, but nobody ever thought, you know, he had a chance and then he just got killed in the end. Roman, they did sell that he hit a low blow as he kicked out, which was, I thought was pretty unique. Right. <clears throat> and, and actually looked good too. Yeah, it, it did look convincing. So he, he low blows him as he's kicking out and, and they even made points say like, was it intentional? You know, was it not? Uh, I think it was uh, first character. So he, he, but then he gets up and obviously Jay is still suffering from the low blow, gets hit with a spear. Uh, Roman, as Matt said, tries to get him to, he doesn't want to pin him. He wants him to say he's the tribal chief and admit he's, you know, he's the head of the table. But Jay has too much pride and he believes himself and he won't do it. And Roman hits him again with a spear and just proceeds to beat the snot out of this guy. Like, He's doing like MMA style ground and pound. Like, I don't know what Vince McMahon thought about this. Cause he once called MMA like barbaric. This was barbaric, right. but in a good way. Like this needed to be like, this could not be a dark order beating of like Dustin Rhodes. Not like this had to be a beating and like right. he beat the snot out of this guy. And it, it was like fantastic. Uh, Charles Robinson is a geek, but whatever. Uh, yeah, he's a ref. Okay. Should stop the match, but hey, the rest, the storyline of the rest are incompetent on the show, so it fits right in. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and to be fair, Roman Reigns threatened him. So I mean, what are you gonna what are you gonna do, Roman? Reigns, if Roman Reigns threatened me, him, so. yeah, I'd probably yes, sir. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. What do you want me to do, sir? You got yeah. it. So, um, and then like you said, Jimmy comes out with a towel, limping out. It's like you know he, he was obviously watching the back and didn't want to come to ringside because he is injured, but I mean, he obviously had to come save his brother. And this, the, I guess the only other negative I could say is it, it was a little drawn out, but I, it, I almost didn't notice the first time. Cause like I was so into it and yeah. he comes out with a towel. Uh, and we've talked about, you know, WWE booking and storytelling being so poor and especially the last year. And it has been, we're not going to say it's, you know, it's been great, but like, this was so well done to me. This was right on par with one of the greatest wrestling segments I've seen in like the last decade. 
the Cody Rhodes taking the 10 lashes from MJF. And that yeah. was also long and drawn out a little bit too much. But yeah. you know what? I didn't care because it was so well thought out. And so like, like there's so much realness to it. I mean, this guy was really getting beaten. beaten. Uh, I mean, I, I felt like Jay was really getting beaten. And you had, you know, every member of the Nightmare, uh, the Nightmare Collector, whatever it's called, or this, whatever it the is. The Dark Order? No, the um, Cody Rhodes family, basically, just coming oh, out. Oh, Nightmare Family, yeah. Yeah, Nightmare Family. The, uh, the Young Bucks come out, then uh, Dustin comes out and, you know, wants to take him. Arn Anderson comes out, and then Brandy comes out in almost like a tear-jerking moment of, like, this, his, this man's wife, you know, coming out. Like, it was so great. And this was right on par with that. Like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was almost moved to tears by this. Yeah. I really was. And like, I can't remember the last time. It would have been the Cody Rhodes segment where like, I got emotionally invested into this. Like I'm sitting there watching it and I know this man's, you know, obviously not really hurt, but he's getting the crap right. beat out of him. But at the same time, I was so into the story. And I mean, everything was so well done. I mean, if you can get somebody emotionally invested, like it doesn't matter how good the match is, like you're doing something right, and they did this right. Like it was, it was so well done and perfect. And like you said, like Reigns got what he wanted. Like Jimmy got got in there and finally said, like, dude, like fine, you're the tribal chief. Like it's not important. Like we don't care about it anymore. But you know who cared about it? Roman Reigns, and that makes yeah. him a jerk, and it makes him a, you know, like the monster bully that he should have been years ago. Like this guy is so great in this role. It's fantastic. I mean, even Paul Heyman was like, this is enough at one point, but yeah. Reigns was just like, no, this is what I want. And it was so well done. and so fantastic. Like it's, it's awesome. Like it was yeah. like, it was probably my favorite thing on the show. Honestly, like obviously the ladder match was a better match. But like I was just so emotionally invested in this. Like that's the kind of thing that I love in wrestling, is good storytelling and like I said, a little drawn out. And the match wasn't as great as it could be. But you know what? It like I didn't care at the end of it. I was in, invested and like I said, I, I'm a little bit sore that it's probably not going to live up to this the rest of the way. But hey, I'll take this for what I can get. It was fantastic. Agreed. I think what I'm enjoying about this is seeing Jimmy and Jay separately. Right. Because uh, I've never really had a chance to, to see them separate to the point that they look very much alike. I don't know if they're both wrestling, if it's a tag yeah. match and they're both wrestling. I don't know who it is. Jay even commented on that on SmackDown. Yeah. So. Well, and the other one wasn't even the match and Corgrave still got his name wrong. <laughs> so having them being individuals and having individual goals that, you know, Jay is the one who's coming out here saying, you know, I'm going to do this. And then Jimmy has to come out and kind of put his, you know, put himself in, in harm's way for him and say, that's enough. And it's just, it's, it's, it's cool. It's, it's giving them a chance to evolve a little bit um, mm -hmm. as characters. And, and, and it's very, it was very enjoyable. It was, yeah. it was really good. Yeah. As a whole, we're going to request the Clash of Champions. Kyle, you're going to go last because Mike and I bet on it. Uh, <laughs> well, so, real, real quick, I do, I do want to say this before we get into that. Like, sure. I think I think this could be such a great story going forward. And like I said, I don't really have faith that WWE will do it. But I mean, just for, you know, the sake of talking about it and, you know, fantasy booking, like 
I like I could easily see it now. I I don't necessarily think that Jay should go on and beat Roman for the belt. I mean, it would be kind of cool, but I don't know how convincing that would be. And like, obviously, the fans would just kind of be like, it would be a nice moment, but very similar to Zack Ryder winning the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania. You probably see it coming to a poor ending at some point. So I would right. almost rather see him just face Reigns again at some point after he's lost the belt, and maybe after you know, he he's lost it and he's, you know, in a weaker state and he's not the big bully, but he's trying to be. And Jay, you know, is able to claw his way back up and get a, get a match against him. But I would almost rather see, because I mean, his brother's still going to be out for a while. He's still injured. Like, yeah. Take this time to make him an individual, like Carol said, and like, let this eat at him, let this drive him. And I mean, I can see easily Jimmy coming out and saying like, it's not worth it. Like, you know, there, there's so much to live for. And Jay could be like, well, no, I, I know you're, you know, you're injuring that. And we've had a great run as tag team, but y- you have a happy life. Like you, you're married. Cause I mean, he's married to, you know, uh, Naomi. Naomi in real life. And he could say, you know, you're married, you have a happy family, but I don't have that. This is what I have. Wrestling's my life. And I want this title and, you know, I want my respect from Roman and he humiliated me out there. And, you know, he, he, he could even cause a rift a little bit between the two. Not that they're going to feud with each other, but, you know, just as family. Be like, I, right. you know, I have to prove myself and I don't appreciate you doing that. It's a family moment. And have him. Obviously, he's not going to get a title shot from Roman because, like, he got obliterated and he shouldn't have an immediate rematch. But have him go into a title picture, like, with the Intercontinental Championship. Have him do something to where he's driven to prove everybody that he – you know, can be on his own. And like, I mean, you've got months of booking you do that with, and then lead up right. to a comeback match, even at WrestleMania or something. That'd be so huge of having him finally trying to prove himself that he could beat the tribal chief and get his revenge. Like it's so yeah. great. I wish they would do it. They're probably not going to, but no, but definitely not. Yeah. It, it, but yeah, they, these two were so great and they, I can't praise them enough. It was fantastic. Yeah, it absolutely was. All right. So let's grade this show. B-dubs, would you like to go first? A-minus. A-minus? Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, because I really enjoyed it, and I was surprised by a lot of things that I went, that was good. Yeah. That was actually good. They did a good job. So I know we've given it a hard time, and we said, you know, I've critiqued a few things, but I think I I like to grade on improvement. Yeah. So in the, in, in the area of improvement, um, they have definitely earned an A-minus. I think, and I hate to copy you, but I'm also going to give it an A minus. And I think the reality is, other than the stupid 24/7 stuff, and the fact that that we got a couple rematches that we didn't need, every match in this card was good. Mm-hmm. It was even the one where they had to, you know, cut it short because of Angel Garza. So, uh, and what was exceptional was exceptional. The show opened with an exceptional match mm-hmm. and closed with an exceptional match. So I think the booking in the uh, Orton McIntyre was a little questionable, but the, the the match was fun. So how can I complain about it, man? I mean, if you can't have fun watching wrestling, then what is the freaking point? Kyle, I know Micah, Micah and I made a bet. Did you give it a grade? Uh, yeah, A minus. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what uh, what are you grading the show? So I'm kind of right there with you. I thought the the wrestling like in the matches were decent uh i mean the problem is we get three hours or three hours of raw two hours of smackdown every week yeah and 
this was just like another like some matches tend to just be raw matches and i felt like some of them were good raw matches on the show um but man like the ladder match was outstanding the main event to me was outstanding it was a really good ambulance match and though there was some silly things booking wise on the show and some things that were a little bit baffling WWE did what they have really struggled with in the past. They were able to keep it at a minimum. So that is uh, good for me. If I had to give it a grade, uh, I would probably, to put a number on it, I'd give it a 90. I'd say A minus. It's it, I, I don't want to give it a B because I think the, the highs were so great on it. And I, I've heard some people even criticize the main event because they liked it, but they didn't like that like, the, the, it was so heavy and so sad and almost depressing because Roman was such an evil bad guy and like they went off the show like that and they would almost like to see the Amulus match last. But I yeah. thought this was perfect because you know what else was very depressing and very sad? Infinity War. Right. You know what I really wanted to go see when it was coming out? Endgame. Endgame. Yep. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with the story. It left me like wanting more, which is... I don't know the last time I've said that about WWE, but I want to see, I don't even care about raw. <laughs> I want to see Friday night SmackDown and see what comes of the story. Though I don't have much faith in it. I'm still excited to see what they do. Cause they could go in any direction with it. Uh, they don't have to go which way I've been talking about. They could go any number of routes, but all I know is Roman Reigns is awesome. This, this main event was great. They had some really, really high points. So if I had to give it a grade, I'd say a minus. All right. So I win. So we predicted what you would say. Did Micah say F? uh, No, Micah said C plus and I said B minus. So we basically cut it in half. Um, I I wasn't expecting the show to be as good as it was. I would say it was significantly better than what I was expecting. So especially after the two other shows that like, I mean, we're like what? Three weeks before this and like a month before, like I was going into it. I don't know if it's because my expectations were so low. If, you know, or what it was, but like, I was just not ready. Like I, I watched the show and I was just like, you know, whatever. And I was just like, Oh, this is good. And I know I was, I was happy with it. So I don't know what and I will tell you. Uh, I have no interest in raw cause I don't want to see T bar mace <laughs> and slap nuts, but I do. Uh, I do want to watch SmackDown to see Roman Reigns. So uh, I think I'm out watching on Friday. We'll see in NXT on Saturday. It could be another good wrestling weekend. Yeah. yeah. And- yeah, pleasantly surprised all over. And I have to say, because as soon as you said, oh, I'm looking forward to that ladder match on Saturday, uh, Sunday, I was like, oh, no, that's the death sentence. It's going to be terrible because he's looking forward to it. They're going to ruin it. But no, it was good. I didn't have to pick up any broken hearts. Good job, WWE. Yes, thank you, WWE. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 133 of Wrestle Life Radio. This has been your Clash of Champions review. Uh, my name is Matt Sand. I'm here with B-Dubs, my beautiful wife Carol, and my cousin Kyle. You can follow us all on Facebook and Instagram at Wrestle Life Radio and at Wrestle Life Pod on Twitter. Uh, you can follow Kyle at... Oh my God, it's been so long since I've done this. I don't know <laughs> if I can remember what it is. It's Kyle.Polly on Instagram. It's, it's Kyle.Polly. There you go, I helped. Uh, I am Wrestle Life Matt on Instagram and Twitter. B-Dubs. Uh, Instagram, what else? Instagram is Carolson. <laughs> They're all Carolson. Instagram, YouTube, WordPress.com. Carolson, all one word. Yeah, tune in. She's an author. She sings music. She is a beautiful, beautiful person. Jill of yeah. all trades. Yeah, Aww. exactly. Exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Uh, and then when Micah and Kyle review the weekend review, so uh, Raw and AEW this week, 
uh, Kyle has to give Micah a 30-second uh, challenge because I beat Micah because we agreed on absolutely every match other than the ladder match, and I won that. Ooh, goody. So, yeah. So you can you can you got a couple days to you know come up. I'm, su- with I'm surprised you didn't flip this on my head like you normally do and screw me over and say <laughs> make you because, do it because I made both of you wrong. <laughs> you're gonna make me do it. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for hanging out with us today, and we hope you all have an absolutely wonderful day. See ya.